Humble Family Farms in the building. What up? What up? Yeah, yeah. Give a give a little clap. Woo. Oh yeah, hold on. I gotta oh, yeah, make sure wait, get the I always right. get the laugh on it. Oh, that no. was weak. Hold on there. Yeah. <laughs> For the last two people when we did the intro, I did this. Yeah, da- yeah. bro, Dawson. <laughs> of all people, he gives Dawson the laugh. And then I was this, like, this, oh, this, this, oh, this, this the movement was, of a man. You're laughing clap. at him. Okay, well, the, I wasn't laughing at him. I know. The, I the know. roadster was laughing at him actually. So, and. It wasn't a, intentionally my fault. I want to say, I'm going to blame it on the sound engineer, mainly because he can't defend himself right now. Oh, that's rude. But, uh, Classic that's... play. <laughs> Let's see here. What are we... Yeah. So how is the main podcast going? Oh, you know? so, so the main <laughs> podcast is going to be, this is going to turn into the first episode of Tough Talk with Doc. <laughs> he starts with the questions. I like it. <laughs> You asked that. Yeah, no, I mean, Tough Talk, right? So uh, Tough Talk talk started uh, a while ago, right? And it was just a way for me to sit with my buddies and not talk about, like, industry weed shit. It was like, how's your family? Like, you know, a lot of these people that are in the industry um, or maybe that follow the industry so passionately, they're like, they miss the fact that we're so human and we're not just our brands and that we're not just the products that we create and we're not just like these social media influencers and that there's like real people and they've experienced like crazy shit in their life or they've overcome super diversity or, you know, and, and that's what really what Tough Talk was about for me. It was more like, I just wanted people to know who my friends were, you know, and like the people that I looked up to in the industry. You know, hearing you say it that way, I remember listening to it a couple times and thinking from an outsider a little bit more so because you've been you were in you you've, you've been living this yeah yeah uh good bad and ugly i've been here since i started <laughs> not since the beginning because there's been a lot of super amazing people that have like paved that are a generation ahead, road generation like, before yeah you talk about like just looking back in history at the trade routes and the shit that they had to go over mountains with camels and like i i equate that to our, our weed industry, you know, guys smuggling seeds to, um, you know, processing hash that was super illegal and just paving an in. Now we like, oh, you want to do that, buddy? Okay, here's the permit, the application fee, and, um, you know, you can go to school for it, and you can ask a million questions. Hey, fuck, you can even go on YouTube and uh, not blow up your house now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I, I like to joke that the uh, cannabis industry evolves at 10 times the speed of normal life. Like, you spend one year passionately invested in the weed business, and yeah. it equates to 10 years in regular business. The, 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 it's, it's amazing. Has it's, it been that fast, though? for its entirety that you've been in it? Or are you noticing that exponentially right now because of how the market has changed so much? I think for me, it's been... there must have been a little bit more peace, a little bit more routine to what it was before. I mean, without going and incriminating myself... Sure, um, please don't. Please don't. (laughs) That's why we have Shirley. (laughs) We didn't invite you for that. You know, I think it was a lot faster paced because you had to be faster paced mind um, day to day. Like, how can I not get caught with a pound of weed today? Or how can I, you know, do something great for someone and help them without getting in trouble for it? Or how can I... 
tell people about something awesome that happened without putting myself in jeopardy to now where it's like we hunt for charities to donate money to, you know, and yeah. we give away and we're always like, um, it's for me, yes, I think it's gotten a lot, for me, it's gotten a lot slower because we're able to look towards a brighter future. You know, there's a place that, you know, when I first started in the weed industry, it was like, man, I just want to grow pot. You know, I just, I just love plants, you know, and then that evolved into like, man, I just, I just, I just want to help these people with these plants. And then it evolves into like, I want to be like the best because I want to do this or that. Or like, for me, it's always just been about stability and just, uh, for me, plants are really neutral. And the whole cannabis and like the whole cannabis platform for me is like a super, uh, uh, a neutral feeling. Like when I go into my grow rooms, it's, I go from like a hectic, chaotic outside world where it's advertisements and bullshit and just so unconsumed to a plant that's just like, hey, show me, give me what I need and I'll give you everything I you got. You bring in negative vibes into that flower or into that grow. Yeah. Yeah, you got to let it go. Absolutely. You got to let it go getting in there. Yeah. In the same I'm, way you got to let it go after you leave too. It's a, you've got to go back to that. Yeah, for me, it's like when I leave there, it's like I know I left the place and I feel good about it. So it helps me. It's like a... It's an unspoken kind of medicine that these kind of environments create, whether it's the guys in the hash lab that are super awesome, like super passionate about preserving every little trichome head, or the guys that are, want the cleanest concentrates with the highest THCs for you know, the right effect for these patients or neutralize it. I think for me, it's the plants do that. And it, it stems from way deeper than a pot plant. You know, I think yeah. that was my outlet and, and it helped me when I was a kid and you know, smoking pot with kept me away from doing the, the Ritalins and the, I guess, you know, and like my... I, I, yeah, that had been a part of the, your past before you were trying to depart from. You yeah. just didn't want to, that world to exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I was crazy. You know, you guys, yeah. you guys see me running around now and that, this is just to stay sane. Imagine when I was a lot more useful. Yeah, a lot more energy back then. <laughs> you know, so... Um, well, yeah. kids, being a father. Yeah. I mean, that's different too. That has a lot of energy involved too. It does, yeah. It's like... Um, not so much physical, more mental, because you always want yeah. to provide and, and keep that uh, stability, you know, that little infinite, infinite like, you know, like uh, imagination and, and ability to, like, change things how they see it. It's, it's, it's a, the stability has been crazy for me. And just, like, correlating that with the cannabis industry, when we started out, we, you know, we were scared, you yeah. know, and now it's like, you know, it's okay for you, you know, you to say my dad's a caregiver or my mom and dad own a cannabis business. You know what I mean? Like before it was like, Jesus Christ, you got to spray your kid down with cologne to go yeah, to school. Right, like, and, right. you know, and you don't not, want to get that message. We yeah. had talked about that uh, with, with Jesse, somebody else. Yeah, yeah, with Jesse, Jesse just the other day, he was concerned about, this was more recent though, within the last five years. You, right. you, that's when the timetable he's referring to it as. And we sometimes have to check ourselves because we've seen it. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've seen it go far enough in such a short period of time, like you talked about the exponential, where a kid today at school smelling a little bit of cannabis is something the teachers are used to. Yeah. That was something he, uh, that he was told. Yep. And I thought about that too, because I'll have smelled from it, whether it was going into grows or just having it in a house. It's one of those smells you get used to. We do, 
because we're, we're oh nose we're blind as shit to it. Yeah, I'm nose blind as shit to cannabis. Somebody else could, uh, I, and I remember I was drying in my uh, basement when I had my term. first grow. <laughs> you know what that smells. Guilty. You know yep. what that smells the whole house up like. And the street. Yeah. If you did it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I only grew twice in the, in my barn. And uh, I have a couple old people who live across the street from me that they are downwind. Yeah. And uh, they are downwind, not, was, up, not upstream. But it was December was my first harvest. It was actually the oh, week yeah. after Christmas. Super no air moving. <laughs> well, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. It travels well in the snow. <laughs> we had a blizzard. Uh, it was uh, like Christmas Eve that year, Christmas or right before the day. And what a time to harvest. Yeah. So much to be grateful for. It, it was the best harvest I ever had. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the, the Jolly Saint <clears throat> Christmas. You know, one of the fu- you know one of the things I like most about a grow for me is walking into, it more has the echo in flower room, but it still exists in veg. When you open it up and it used to be the fans, that blaring noise of the fan that just comes on in unison, you hope. <laughs> or now it would be AC units and stuff like that. That's when you knew you were entering into a different zone. Yeet. That's how it was marked. I, uh, it's so crazy because you take a video inside of the grow room and then you go to play it and you're like, holy shit, it's loud in there. Yeah. But like, yeah, we, we desensitized to so much so fast. We just, as humans, oh, yeah. we're just like, you know, crazy. It's, uh, it is. It's up, a, it's up a couple optics, but and, and also, what, what is it when you walk into a grow? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, all, no. All I was going to say is, too, is just like, it's also very regional. You know what I mean? Where we live. I mean, like, even in, I, even now, if you go to, like, Pennsylvania, like, you can't just go around, like, stinking of pot. Like, it's not really. There's still stigma. you say. Or is any, any other, like, stigma? New Jersey, that was, like, another one. You know what I mean? Any of those, any of those, like any of those, like states are pretty. Shirley, let me tell you something right now. Yeah, tell me. If I can't smoke a joint there, I ain't going there. That's right. I haven't left since I got here. You know, like I, I want to know the rules if I get caught smoking a joint. Yeah, no, yeah, it's not worth it. I want those to be very clearly, like black and white. Yeah, like because I'm gonna smoke a joint. At least. A couple, an hour minimum. Oh. No, but in, but that's what I'm saying. I think it's a big part of it is like, you know, we're still so lucky in Maine. It's just like people don't even know. Like, I, for example, I always use this as an example. I lived out in Arizona when and like there was medical, and I would bring back like edibles, right? Like, but now that I lived in Maine and been like in the industry for a second, it's like one of those things where, uh, like. I definitely would fly with flour on a plane now, and I would not do that before. Not up your ass, or, or no, no, I just put it right in the carry-on, bro. Yeah. He does I, that for old times. Yeah, sake. I mean, I'm, that's why I have my. That's why I have the. Uh, All his prized possessions go there. Yeah, the suppo- no, Show me grandfather's pocket watch. No, the su- only suppositories. <laughs> suppositories and tongues. That's it. Wow. What? I thought this was tough talk. <laughs> it is not tough. It's easy. <laughs> that's this brutal. Is <laughs> Did you go out to uh, Cali? When uh, when going from Maine to Cali was a thing, I uh, you know so when people were either going out to start checking out either genetics or I never really went for the genetics. So um, when I went to Cali and Colorado and oh Oregon, you got the boat yeah oh you've yeah. been to all of them and we went to we went to yeah well, Spain it had to be with that intent then yeah well it was like uh that's when I really want to go to the Spain like, Spain, Spain like you just said it's like yeah what was that like um it's 
overwhelming. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a whole different country. So like, you know, it's it's beautiful the way they incorporate their cannabis so many with different their society. You know what I mean? It's like such a different feel there. It's like um, it's like where we're getting mm-hmm. to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's 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 um, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just way more socially accepted. Yeah. You know, it's like which club are we going to next? You know, you jump in a taxi and you're off to the next one. Was or, this pretty recent that you went within the last, say, 10 years? Yes. Uh, like 2006, 2000, uh, 2016, 2017. Yeah. Oh, wow. So really recent. We said 2006 at first. I like, oh, was like, that was a little bit ago. Then, yeah, 2016, 17. That's cool. Yeah, that's where I, I had only known it as game. Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the Spain movement until I'm only hearing stories more so. And I'm starting to see it um, on, uh, on Instagram a lot more, too. It pops up. It's great to see, yeah. like this market, that that thing they're they're doing there. Yeah, definitely um, works really good. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Music here. All right. I Shirley. thought Shirley was saying. Go ahead. No, I don't know. Let's talk about some fun things. No, I mean, the, hold on. The, okay, the thing about okay. Spanibus is yeah, yeah, is it's the it's a complete like ex, like um. Uh, collisions of just cultures of cannabis and that's what i really really liked about it you saw the were the there f- growers spanish growers oh, or, or was yeah. it all through europe no were, were I mean, they protective was, of it there was french growers like yeah, oh, all over yeah they wore their they wore their their clothing like their flags you know what i mean like yeah. it was it was amazing to see like the different groups and like you know it, it, it was awesome. They marked their brand like their like their flags are. You said it definitely right? changed how my opinion when I came back to the states and how we attacked branding and like how we started looking at that kind of avenue of stuff. But yeah, I, I went there because I wanted to see. Um, I just wanted to experience cannabis. You know what I mean? We went. went Who did you end up going with? Uh, Anybody just, you can uh, or want to? Yeah, no, like um, some of my friends that we have in the industry, some yep. of them old business partners, yep. um, just, you know, uh, friends have come Something and gone. you guys were going to be able to share together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, I made some great friends there. I lost some friends traveling. You don't speak Spanish? No. How easy was it for you? Um, just at that, that time, my business partner, was a, he, he spoke Spanish. Yeah, enough uh, so I could yeah, get Yeah, it was Portuguese, you. so... Um, he, yeah, we, we understand like tapas, you know, like little yeah. plates, and it's pretty easy to... You know, once you're there for the first day and you order the wrong shit enough, you figure out what you really want. Um, Bologna, I'll take something I know. <laughs> and in the end, we would just like kind of get wicked high and then go to the grocery store at the end of the night and just like load up the villa. Yeah. You know, I, I flew to Spanibus my first year. The first year we went, I, I flew with 47 pounds of banana bread. That was weed banana bread because my goal was to get our edibles my wife's mom's totally baked goodies out there in the world and yeah. just to show them like yo this is what we're doing comfort food in america maine you know like yeah and it was a huge hit like i mean i still have i still have friends that own clubs over there that are like please come back please come back bring the <laughs> banana bread bring the cookies from moms like they it, who know. are the people who own the, the clubs out there I mean, are they growers as oh, absolutely. well? Absolutely, like you have strain hunters. Yeah. You have, you know, like. I mean, oh, I follow them. Yeah, yeah, they're cool guys. They're, I, mean, I don't know them. <laughs> I mean, everybody and their brother kind of has a club out there, but it's more like the local embedded guys that have kind of paved the way in the industry. That, yeah, you know, really have the the breeders and you know the Americas. I it'd guess, be nice, like, you know, like kind of how we would do it. You it'd know? be nice for yeah. a scene to pop up like around here like that, in a sense. Like if there was, you club. know, a couple a couple cannabis like underground cannabis clubs that were like. Really, like maybe there already are inner, like inner growers and things like that. Too. Charlie, you keep saying that. You know something. He does know something. If he says something, I'll kill him. 
<laughs> hey, have you um? <laughs> Change the subject immediately, please. <laughs> no, um, I I I chat with Shirley about things that are coming up the pike because I I know that he's a confident ear and um, yeah. Guess, oh, stop it! You're making me blush. Oh, shut up! I've I've always like, backed you since day one. I so. know you have day one, day one. <laughs> hey, to touch on the um, podcast for a minute, you know the story that you were telling and and doing it with friends at the time. I I respect it a fuckload more now, understanding it, the value of it. Um, because most of the time when we talk to people, it's our first time talking to them. Right. You know? Yeah. We haven't had a history. Yeah. And so some of these people I don't have a history a different with. move. Yeah, like, sure. sure. I want to know the history of these people. You yeah, know? right. So it's, yeah, I learned a That's lot. That's what I found has been the f most fascinating part. Uh, a lot of similarities in, in how they're, they got into cannabis for yep. what reasons they got into cannabis <laughs> a lot of survivors and a lot of moments um i bring it up time and time again and it, and it doesn't take on the same form as it did before but when you are only a crop away of thinking to yourself am i gonna fucking survive like uh what like you start thinking of plans of what am i gonna do <coughs> now yep. after this doesn't fucking you know whatever for whatever <coughs> but now it's not looked at so much i mean it's still that's still you know, you don't want to lose crop after crop, but, and now either. But you build up to a point where that's not in the forefront of survival any longer because things have a pattern. They have a, a standard operations, you know, for, for what you're <coughs> achieving. And you're achieving gold anyways. That's, that's the status. That's what you guys from Humble Family Farms are trying to do. Yeah. Bring that gold level up. Partly with flavors you got going on. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> we've... Segue into unit price talk. <laughs> unit price talk. Yeah. Would I, you say it's three K on the market talk? That kind of thing. I I I think it's worth what anyone's willing to pay for it, man. And at this point in the game, um, did you get a lot of resistance? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was the common defense? Would you say? Because I'm 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 up for debating it. Because what you, okay, let me. Yeah. I, I think a, I think a grower is definitely worth three k. Absolutely, positively. Yep. Actually, even more. Okay. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. How much more? Current market. Oh what, no, 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 no! Hold on. Let's 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 put a. a no, sorry, sorry. Yes. Let's put a denominator on it. Is it is it is it from a licensed company that has a as a packaged product that's fully compliant that's spent you know blah 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 like hand trimming like you have to there's a lot of accounts that you have to take into consideration when a value comes into a product could it also be said that there's like a that one could want to wait and see what the demand will be like when all those prices are taxed on because who knows what the consumers of Maine are willing to pay up to you know like that's what i think of well we do like, know what they're willing to pay up to because there's 258 stores in this state or more growing rapidly, right? Yeah. And I know I can take my product and bring it to any store in the state, whether it's up north or down south, and they're going to sell it, they're going to buy it for a number, and they're going to put it on the shelf for a number. And even if you take that those two numbers in separation of uh, location, because obviously everyone knows that something down south sells for a hell of a lot more yeah, right. than up What's north. What's the max dollar number that someone will buy an ounce for? That's what that because then that comes into the play of what's the max wholesale that someone can do. If the max dollar that someone's going to pay is three hundred dollars before tax, then I guess that does come into yeah, play. Of where, absolutely, I think it's still works at uh, two fifty an ounce. 
250 ounces is a very I, good price. I feel like that's a good price for an ounce. Ooh, so I, can, I want to be buying ounces from y'all then if you think but, 250 no, is no, a good no, price. But do you also think that the rep, but when I the, think but when a he's, store should be able to buy at that price but I or also be able think to sell at that price. It's going Not to everything. go up for like your higher call because I get where he's coming from, but when you start to tax everything on, I think the connoisseurs, the people that want the top of the end, like you're saying, with all the packaging and all the stickers and everything that says you're good to go, is going to have to be willing to pay $300 minimum, I think. Because when you start doing like numbers and stuff like that, if you're getting at least $3,200 a pound, then you start adding taxes on top of that and everything. It's five and a half percent. It's been talked about um, if you give a jarred product to a, a store, that's like, uh, in their eyes, taking away about what would cost them between 150 and 200 bucks. A pound? Yeah. Well, lucky for them. I don't well, get those prices. <laughs> oh, no? No, I mean, you got to think about someone sitting well, there and packaging not, it, right? You got to right. think about the employee dollar value. You got to think about the sticker of time. You gotta, there's a lot of labor that goes into making one jar of wheat. You know, and, and, it, and it's, it's a simple breakdown of more than just the person that's stuffing the wheat in the jar. It's how much time was spent on planning this packaging. How much, how much like, you have to add in all of your overhead when mm -hmm. you value these products. Oh, yeah. And, and some people's overhead is thousand dollars a week some people send forty thousand dollars a week so it depends on who you are and where you're and i don't think that there's not a swinging pendulum there that if you're spending 40k that you're not making more obviously but you probably have more employees you're feeding more mouths yep. you're, you're paying a fuckload more of insurance you're paying a whole lot more taxes not that i'm not that it, and it's not a it's not the same scale for the little guy in taxes but at the same time how much do you value your own personal time Mm -hmm. And that's what it boils down for me as a grower, as a business owner, as part of a, uh, someone that's involved semi in the community. I mean, I, I think that I want to see my brothers and sisters in the farming industry succeed far more than the people that are starting stores. Um, I think that the middleman fee of this outrageous percentage is fucking long dead. And if it's not dead yet, I'm going to kill it. And, yeah, I like that attitude. Um, <laughs> yeah, no one's going to make 50% off of a grower, man. We gotta, we gotta, we're, we're six months out on a plant before we even get paid on it. And then, no, and then someone's going to dictate to us the number that we need to sustain our fucking company. But that's one of the lowest, but also the counter argument could be, too, is that, I mean, you're looking 30 to 40% is most... Of the time your average retail profit margin from a wholesale a number man wholesale so you're okay number. with so that is a number you're okay with is a store making 30 percent you disagree with the 50 i just want to know where like yeah so if i if i sell a pound to a store for three grand mm -hmm. right and they sell it for 30 percent markup that's that's 3900 bucks hey mm -hmm. I have and a that's question. a quarter going to a patient at 60 bucks i have a question what size what shoe do you like wear that, what do you mean what size shoe do you wear 13. okay go on with what you're saying the yeah, Doc wears size thanks, thirteen thanks shoe. Thanks for that, Shirley. Because <laughs> you were talking about dude. A people point. asked. I, 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 these people were wondering <laughs> what size shoe. But continue with the price talk. For me, it's about it's about creating a It's creating an environment for people not to survive to thrive. And as you build a company, there's people that suck and there's people that are amazing. And if you can take care of those people that are amazing and treat them well and pay them well yeah like why shouldn't you be able to do that the only reason in my head is is that the middleman is dictating how much money you can charge for your product i'm happy to pay let's make you a little bit more self try to be a little bit more self-sufficient as well well uh, yeah i mean my whole mindset in, in, is the, whole, in the whole business yeah. but so you would also would you argue then that companies that aren't coming through now you're talking 3k 
at that that's a humble family farms product or, or whatever it is yep. but what you, what, that's with you're that's assuming package. package and everything yep. so someone that is like i know for example cure john morrison they package a lot of people's products yep. yeah. should there be a there should be a lower tag than price obviously because now they're supplying the employees to Absolutely. package it they're creating the stickers Absolutely. so there does have to be that play I, I i agree i guess at that point when it comes down to figuring out that you're supplying them with jarred products and we have to see other companies doing that too uh you know, gas pack has been I've dishing had, out the prepackaged I've time, stuff. I've had time Iron to Lung, think about this. I think this. was doing its offer. But, but one stuff. thing you have to think about, though, too, when it comes to the packaging especially, is, like, I would rather have, this is no disrespect to anyone, I would rather have someone, like, dog package it, though, because it's coming straight to the farm versus go to the store, then get repackaged, because then another person just touching it and just moving on. So, I'm I mean, that, that, that's just my, per, that's not just my, per, or, or you don't know the environment of that room that's being packed. That's another big part of it. Like, I'm, it's definitely just if you prefer, like, I feel like the same people like you, like, you probably prefer more farm stand, like, farm to table type of, of food in life. So, like, that's, a, I, it's true to, like, how you live your life. Like, some people like to go directly to the farmers or closer. They like that direct access. They don't want that third party involved. And yeah, it's, no, like, just it's a, been like that outside of the cannabis industry, too. Absolutely. But it's just one of those things where it's just, like, again, like, I, I, one grower told me this, and it always stuck with me. As soon as we start harvesting the plant, we're fucking it up. Whoever fucks up the plant the least is you're gonna have one. The, you're gonna have a better crop. In this so case, more more chances, more hands that touch the crop. I agree. The higher agree. higher chance of someone fucking it up. And it's not no you know just the right. rule of hand. Right. You know what I mean? It's not. It's so, almost true in everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, anything. I you know. So we won't send anything out the door that's not fully packaged. And our one hundred. You know, and this has been my drive to do that is we, we want to take liability of that product if somebody Absolutely. doesn't like it if it's yep. light if it has a fucking hair in it if it doesn't if it doesn't seem right to them nobody else is going to be accountable them, but right, you right and then at that point we're sealing it we're putting our stamp of approval on yeah. it like these are nugs that have been looked at individually picked like we we trim our buds hand trim our buds then they go into a, a choosing process where we grade them and then we jar them from the grading so that we know. Do you have like a rubric or something? Or do you kind of, I, 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 I kind of know you a little bit better so I, I imagine how the talk goes, but like do, do you have a, uh, do you have a general, because like, I've been actually thinking of that myself about grading weed and is, is there, I mean maybe I'm just a new, is there a general rubric out there that grades weed? No, not at all. All right, let's not make one. All. Well, what I, what I, like our standard is if you don't want to get it in a bag, don't put it in a right. bag. And, Absol I, and our pre-roll business is amazing. And we try to use what we call ugly nugs instead of like, you know, standard trim or whatever booth that people want to put mm, in their right. pre-rolls. Um, so I'm willing to, to sacrifice, sacrifice more of the plant. a smaller, uglier <coughs> nug that yeah. isn't so pretty that, you know, we want people to be wowed with it. But you got to put small buds in the jar too because you don't always want to crack that fat nug for that. You want to save that one, like, as a smoker. Like, I still, I you still do, look you at... You most of your packaging in nickels, right? Uh, or so, at, so we to do... To time bag! Um, <laughs> the dime bag's back, baby. Did that come on strong? Did that work? <laughs> the dime bag, bro. I don't know yes. I, feel, I, don't know. I love the dime I bag. I, I, I need to know now. How did yes. that work out? All right. So the dime bag 
uh, well, where it's a creature back, of my future. I do want to get back to pricing. Up Sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, the, the, the dime bag was a creature of the past, and it just kind of bringing back the nostalgia of, like, when I, we were all, like, you know, comping a dime bag to go get stoned with our pals <laughs> at the river or whatever, you know? Like, I love it. Um, yeah, what, I what, wait, what do you call, sorry, I noticed on Instagram, what do you call, what did you call a two-gram bag of weed? No, I asked you what you call no, it. No, but, but I, I know you did. I know. That's I didn't I call it anything. No, oh, but. Uh, so we have some fun packaging coming out, and just like anything that I kind of do, we like to change it up a lot. Yep. And um, we are changing. I'll just drop it right now. We're changing the entire amount packaging purchase, purchasing sizes. We're no longer going to sell standardized quantities of weed. And metric form. Uh, oh, we yeah, heard it here first on the live. Yes, one metric ton at a time. No. Um, no um, <laughs> that was good. I think that there's a way. Uh, <laughs> hey, he got the right button. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at a card first. He, he, so. yeah, he looked at the card for a good four minutes, like, I'm ready. I'm ready for a joke. Things uh, are rolling quite nice. I think the. Uh, yeah. What, what kind of um, what kind of measurement? Are you going to go like. So uh, we're going to start guess, measuring it totally back in, going away in from teaspoons. Grant? Yeah, we're going to do all in teaspoons. Ooh, so we're going to grind up Let's all go. the weed. And we're going to just, you know, one, if you want to buy <laughs> a, shake. one cup it. at a time, Sell you know, like, shake. like the cup is like, you know, tw- tw- like the old ounce. Like you get a cup of weed now. You, you just know? get like, a cup? Yeah. Wow. No, that's definitely not what so, we're going to do, but uh, well, we are going to change up the volume <laughs> sizes of the packaging. So do I get 2.5 cups every two weeks then? Yeah, we could do something. Yeah, or, or what, what would, be, what would be the legal limit booty. of cups? Wait, okay, that's are a good you, question. Are you adding more to your table than you want? Because when this goes, like when you have to give an overall and uh, quantity. How that many you, cups that are in a gram? Distributed or harvested. You're gonna have to revert back to the old way for no, a second. No, no, no. We're not. We're not <laughs> no, gonna measure not in cups. Compatible. We're not measuring cups, but what we are gonna we're gonna use grams, uh, the, just like standard measurement. But maybe away from. But three the and volumes and that are yes, what yes, the volume in which you, you purchase yeah. is is what how we're gonna be selling the change. Oh, great. Yeah. So you guys can expect the the dub to come back. The dub. <laughs> you know. So yes. Um, you know. <laughs> You can give them all different names. Yeah, you we can do. Go everywhere you, know, you want to go. Uh, so we brought Great in marketing. That's awesome. Yeah, brother. We, I we love brought it. in a director, uh, our director of business development, and um, one of his first ideas. And I think he's been toying with this for a while. Is this particular uh, move? And I, I, I fully like it. I, I think it's going to be a good move. It's going to be a little bit more consumer friendly in terms of if you want to have more ability to try multiple flavors you'll be able to purchase a smaller amount you're gonna have to pay more for it yeah but in the end once you know what's working for you for medicine and what clicks for you for the day and night and you can buy a larger amount and save heavily yeah so um yeah i think it's just more trying to give back and the only reason we have to charge more for smaller products is the amount of people that have to touch that small product the amount of packaging that you have to buy like right now we are literally having custom sized packaging made that's fully compliant so that we can actually do this thing correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be launching some super fun state limit 70 gram collector item style shit to bring you guys back to like the 90s and 80s. Ooh, <laughs> 80s and 90s. Yeah. I was yep. born in 92. Nostalgia. Yep. Oh, jeez. You remember that? Yeah. Huh? Bro, I was. I think you were. I was alive of... in the eight. For the eight years I was alive in the 90s, that shit was lit. Yeah. Sorry. 
Oh, um, fuck you, Evan, and your crickets. <laughs> would you have to go like Mylar bag for small quantities like grams? Or have you guys sought out different opportunities? I'm glad you asked about that. So, um, no, I will. Because that's um, a trend, but I think we need to get away from it. Yes, and I fully agree. And um, so right now we have to, people are chomping at the bit. They don't want to buy just a quarter right now, and that's the only thing we have for, to offer um, with our current package sizing. So we've just launched a one-ounce um, option that launches this weekend on Soylent Green's the only place you can get our product. Ooh, Sweet. yeah. Sweet. Nice. Um, so that'll launch Soylent Green's. Sorry, I had to make sure I had the right button on that one again. Uh, yeah, you've, partnered, you've partnered up with Soylent Green's. Um, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's a different kind of partnership in terms of... Um, like You've given them full distribution yeah. option. Yep. Yep. And, and so you no longer Humble Family will... Is that the game plan for a while? Is that it's not going to be available in stores for a decent amount of time? It's just going to be through them? Yeah. Uh, the Yes. So um, kind of working with this new platform with Soylent Greens and developing this new way to get our farmers paid. Um, a lot of our, uh, a lot of the friends I'm hearing 22s and 1800 a pound from the farmer, and then you see their product going for 38 to 4 thousand dollars a pound on the shelf. I mean, yeah, some guys are packaging it. Sure, you want to call it 300 bucks for packaging, great, sure. but it doesn't equal a 50 to 100 times percent markup on the product. <laughs> right. So the goal is to help big farmers, little farmers, gain access to just a neutral platform with a standardized pricing that is the farmer gets to name their price. Farmer wants five grand a pound, we'll take it. We put a standard price on every single product that comes in there, a flat rate. And um, no hassle, no bargaining. You, they they nope. say, I'm gonna, I want this. When they come out your door, you're gonna say, I'll write you the check. Nope. Um, how that works is what we do is we take limited amounts of product. Actually, the, 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 consu the wholesalers holds on to the product. And as we sell it, uh, we pay off the we pay yep. the, the farmer, so yep. it, it can work in weeks, every biweekly. We haven't launched it fully to take on other growers quite sure. yet. Right. But the platform work out the course. Course. Work and out now, the is this going to consumers? So consumers can get the get. How do how are they gaining access to the medicine? Like who are the where's the areas of delivery? I guess I should say too. So currently we service a thirty mile radius all around Sanford. Um, mm -hmm. That's the home base of Soylent Greens. And moving forward, within four to five days, we're just waiting for paperwork from the state. Uh, for drivers, and we'll be launching in the Lewiston area in 30 miles around. I think it covers five counties. Oh, shit. Um, nice, yeah. 30 miles, even like we're doing a, I remember wow. doing a map for 10 miles, and that's, yeah. it's massive, you know, so yep. 30, that's good for you. That's yeah. going to be awesome, so. Yep. We're, we're going to be... That's far uh, reaching. And, and, then, yeah. and then with all that coverage, you can get uh, the, 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 your med card straight to your door, right? If you don't have your med cards? Absolutely. Vetted Cannabis, uh, Anne-Marie, uh, she is an amazing... Caring. I met her at a yeah. diamond broker uh, event. Great once. woman, yeah. super passionate about the healing properties of the plant, and I totally stand by all those kind of people. So she um, does, it's definitely not like your uh, Cracker Jack, flip a med card out kind of process. She's definitely on it, and she pays attention. Hearts, hearts in the right spot. Yep. She's getting a message out there and uh, a good face for it, too, I think. They do all their cards <laughs> for free for vets. So, wow. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I super respect those people. Great family business down there. Yep. The, the the son's in the grow, dad's there, mom's there, you know, the kids are there. Mm -hmm. Like it's not it's it's 
a beautiful facility. They did a great job setting it up. Yeah. Super so speaking, passionate team. Speaking of like, you know, grows and stuff like that, obviously it's cultivation season. I want to know a little bit more about like your, some of the things that you really do, like as far as your workflow and the grow for like nutrients and how you treat your soils and stuff like that. I know you're pretty big on that. You also, it seems like you grow a lot of the stuff you eat, yep. you know, not just what you smoke. So you know, oh, I kind of yeah. wanted to pick your brain a little bit more about that. And maybe like, do you do, is there any things that you find crossover, not so much like techniques, but is there any nutrients you've actually have brought in from cannabis into like the stuff you're growing outside for you to eat, you know, anything like or that? Or the other way around. Or yeah, vice versa. And how's that, you know, what have lessons have you learned? You said both? this was only a two hour podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Touch on a couple things. So, um, so, some things I guess we can go with nutrients like first. What, what have you know, what have you really preferred for nutrients in cannabis and soils and stuff like that? I would rather not touch on that right now. Mm-hmm. Sure. And only because um, I'm, have had nothing but love from a certain cannabis nutrient company, and I've run their stuff for years. Um, right now, we've taken out, we had a consultant come in, and we've kind of switched gears a little bit, and mm-hmm. we're working with a new nutrient line, which I love I love both of them. I think that there's good things and there's bad things about both. I think... I, Feeling them out? Yeah, them out. literally, I think that if you're a qualified grower and you know how to take care of plants, I think that any nutrient line, as long as it doesn't have harmful chemicals in it, mm-hmm. it yeah. doesn't leave shit in your weed, can be used appropriately. All the way down from no-till to the strongest salts that you can rock, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of ways to skin these cats, and I think that each individual stat style of growing, it's just like beer, it's just like food. You know, everybody can make a, a, a loaf of bread, or everybody can make an omelet, but every every omelet's gonna be totally different, you So, know? Like, I guess it, it makes me think, too, like, so can we talk from an abstract view, then, of, like, you started cannabis, you, you chose a nutrient line, how do you recommend someone, like, Starting out just wants to do a backyard grow. Would you say start out by just running the line for what it is? Don't go ahead and try to start adding all these special additives, pulling things and retracting things. Would you say start out running a basic line and Um, following through with it? So a backyard grow, right? I would try to educate people more on sustainability, eco-friendly, kind of like, hey, dude, what are you doing that's going to fuck up everything around this kind of attitude? Mm -hmm. Versus like, hey, just dump these salts in the ground and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because at that time, if they're overfeeding, it could get in, leach into our, you know, systems. And I don't ever recommend any person feeding any type of nutrients outside. I have done this in the past when, you know, like I wasn't as passionate as I am You have now, to give that more of an organic feeding if you're going to be feeding it. I think, yeah, outside. I mean, the term feeding outside is probably the wrong term. En- enriching because, the soil. Right. I mean, if we take our time and build the soil correctly there's super soil companies out there that you can just drop a bag in and go oh yeah i mean there's there's a lot of options to go there's a lot of information on the internet about just how to sustain how to how to come about finding um local farmers for their cow shit and mm. digging up you know four or five inches of the backyard and tilling it in and yeah. you know using some more organic approaches in terms of pest management and things like that things that aren't gonna that aren't that'll work just as good and not destroy our ecosystem and kill our mm-hmm. bees and kind of stuff like that. As I think as I've matured as How a, do you like being a beehive master? Is um, that what they call them? Beehive masters? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, pin cushions, I think. Uh, no. Uh, so bees are a wicked change for me because um, everyone thinks I have uh, anxiety, right? So, like, you know, when you get around something that, it's would like, agitate you fuck dude, it feels like your throat's gonna come out sometimes you know so it's like <laughs> but then when you get around the bees and then like 
it's like a beautiful calm. You know what I mean? It's like this, like it's almost like when you go really fast in a car, or when you, you know, when you hit that big winning on a ticket, or it's mm-hmm. like it's like this unnatural feeling that doesn't equate to words. It's more of like a respect and like a calming sensation. You know, I am a very novice beekeeper. I think is the correct. This term. is your first yes, year. Yes, that is. I think we're yeah, This is my third year. Uh, third the year. First year we had two beehives, um, and between business and work and stuff like that, I didn't get to spend as much time as definitely necessary. So um, they definitely didn't get the attention that they needed. Yeah. So um, 2018, there was a wicked bad bee die off. We'll call that got, a, yeah, right. So it wasn't I necessi- got a friend who's beekeeper, he told yeah. me about that. Yeah. And um, so 2019, I just kinda had a rough year and I didn't really invest too much money on the property and redo the bees. This year, we're much more uh, stable and much more optimistic and um, so we went heavy, and I have an awesome mentor um, who is the president of the Cumberland County Bee Association. If you guys are into bees, it's 20 bucks a, a lifetime, and you tap into a network of multiple questions on emails, and um, it, there's all kinds of information there. So if you, it just depends what you're into, but yeah, the bees at. are so amazing, brother, because let me tell you, um, we planted grafted apple trees. And if you don't know what a grafted apple tree is, it's essentially an apple tree that has multiple different varieties of apples tapped into it. You know, like they, they cut a branch off and then they um, graft the, the branches together. So we have apple trees right now that are throwing granules. Do those stay moist enough? They're nothing more than like bandaging it up a little bit, right? Yeah. I a mean, little less than like electrical tape, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know how to, I know how to do the process, I guess, but I don't have, I've never, taking the time. Right. Like, really it's funny do. that you say that. My grandpa, growing up, he had a, one that had five different apple trees. It grew out real weird. Yep. It grew out all... And it was, like, super lit, and I didn't know what that was until I got back into cannabis. Yeah. I had no idea that was, like, a thing. No. Basically, I just find these old, beat-up trees at the depot or whatever, and I take them home, and I take care of them, and then they throw fruit. But 2019, when I didn't have my bees... We didn't get any fruits on our trees. Yeah. And this year we had a really hard blossom and I still have fruits on my trees this year. So like the value of just having those bees there, now we can have apples, we have a lot more strawberries, we have a lot more things that are... The enrichment, yeah, yeah to the insane. environment right, on, right around you. So just to answer your question I, I about the backyard it. growing kind of thing, you just want to just maintain an eco-friendly mindset and just... It's like having one of those little water bottles you make in, uh, in first grade when you make a little eco-sphere, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> It's like that, but you just gotta do it on a big scale, right? Just like that. Yeah, I mean, just a bigger bottle. Yeah, just a big bottle. Yeah, huge bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a princess. Wow. I'm a pretty princess. So, uh, <laughs> looking back at growing, um, <laughs> my experience was in the gardens with my grandmother, who's an immigrant from Germany, at 14 years old, was in this country, and very under, un, 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 uneducated except for flowers. She knew the foods. earth. Yes. She, like, you know, her, to eat, she, her and her sisters would go into the It's amazing the how much we undervalue that. Wicked. And we're in it, and we have a state where you can be like that. Right. You know, you have that space, and it's not going to cost you the, like, cost you, but it's not going to cost you. Like, yeah. we, we've seen and we know numbers in other regards. I, I never got into it. And, and part of me is like, I was only a generation removed because my, or maybe two, because my grandfather was a little bit more and, and they owned the whole top of a hill and the whole pasture and they yeah. had all that. 
they got slowly sold off in bits and pieces, so the farm kept getting smaller and smaller. Same. By that point, it didn't turn over to the next generation because it wasn't built in anymore. Well, if you look at I mean, I think it was a thing that a lot of them went through, like, the Depression and stuff, and that's when farming became a really big thing in, like, America and, like, saving food and learning how to live off the land because a lot of people didn't have money, didn't have jobs. My grandmother had a big plot of land. She used to farm, and then, like, my great-uncle, we called him Uncle Bugs. I remember... Th- Uncle I- Bugs, bro! <laughs> well, it's funny, because he lived in the middle yes. of... Th- he lived in, like, a, in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. But Beaver he- Falls! Yeah. Uncle Bugs won him in Beaver Falls! He was on, like, Yes, he would. Well, he was yes. on, like, a... Was his name right, Dick? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually had it. No, they called him Richard. Richard. Yeah. I had an Uncle Dick, yeah. But he played in the NFL. He has a Super Bowl ring, though, so you can't really talk shit about that, dude. But Uncle Bugs... He's on, a, he's on an acre and a half, and he had a, he's he's a, he passed away now, rest in peace. But he was on like like 500 green pepper plants. He used to grow a couple thousand tomato plants, and you should go into this guy's basement. I mean, there's so many canned shit. It's crazy, and they they would make salsas and hot, everything you could make from these things. They would make they their favorite was banana peppers, canned banana peppers. Yeah. You know, they cut them up and they throw garlic and carrots and everything in there too, and then they. You'd, you'd, they'd have a date that you could eat them, and that's what they give everyone for presents and stuff like that. Whenever you came over the house, it was here, have a you know, have some sauce, have some this. So I think it was a, it's a generational thing, and it's it's sad to see it go away. You know, yeah. I thought Shirley was just weird. He came over to my house the first time with a can of beets and some banana peppers, but now I know he's just old school. That's right. That's Pennsylvania for you. Not dude, I was, I was just about to say. <laughs> well, you're you, still right about your first impression. <laughs> you want to hear my first impression of Shirley? Oh, oh, I impression. Have, okay, yeah, yes, I do. Well, impression. Hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my first impression of Shirley was oh, God. at a cannabis mixer. Yeah. And there was um, down in Portland, lots of people that didn't smoke marijuana. Tons. Marijuana. And it was a marijuana event, bro. <laughs> no, it was a cannabis event. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> so we were outside in the smoking section. Creating yes. the smoking section, and no. we didn't know each other at this point. No, no. And there was one person that was much louder than me. Yeah. And that was Shirley. That was Shirley. Oh. And he's no. like, "Hey, you're Doc." I'm oh, like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Hey, what's up, Doc? Check this shit out." Goes upside down, backwards against a brick wall, handstand. And starts twerking. Yes. <laughs> That's right. He did tell me that. That's yes. the twerk story. That's, That's the twerk, twerk story. So and at he that stole time, your I heart. Just, yeah, I mean, that's, I that's stole actually your heart. best friends for life. Damn, damn good way to break the ice, right there, dude. I <laughs> Nothing said awkward after seeing him. No, dude. It was like it was like we. It was after we smoked a little bit. Like we how'd were, you how'd you know Doc before that, Shirley? Uh, honestly, it was through Bogart. It yeah. was through Bogart. Yeah, definitely yep. through Bogart. Bogart, 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 that son of a bitch knows dude, everyone. Dude, that Bogart personal chef, he's always making moves for people low-key. <laughs> like, he's all like, yes, I, I, I found this guy that you might like. That's my impression of him. I even though he doesn't sound like that. Kind of. That's pretty spot on. I actually. love that kid. He's like, he's always so himself, man. Uh, ever, always. And that's why he was a hoot on the show. We had him on the show with uh, High Sound. It was a hoot, to I, say the was, least. It was. He was. Ex- I like Bogart. It was also The Strangers. I do. I told you. I told you it was gonna be a great time. Someone goes, "Does that Bogart guy and the the high sale dude work together every day?" And they said, "Yeah, I think so." They go, "How the fuck has has John not freaking killed him?" You know Johnny, right? Oh yeah. You do you still get to see him? He said he's uh, he's not seeing growers as much as he used to because he owns a business. 
That's what's happening. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so can the same be said for you? Yes. No, not really because, well, yes and no. Because yep. you make it a point to be out there too. Um, you show a lot of community but you support. Also, and, and, You're and, very active. In all honesty, I think I can, I can agree with what he said because there was a time where I feel like before everything got serious, and now obviously you've leveled up quite a bit. There's a lot more going on for you. You were out there a lot more than you are now. You know, and you've definitely done a good job, I think, of trying to go back out there. I know everyone kind of stayed in for the corona thing at first, but then I remember you kind of reemerged with going out to vetted cannabis and stuff like that. But before that, you were out quite a bit, you know? I mean, COVID hasn't slowed my life down a millipercent. Right. You know? Um, millipercent. Not even, not even a... Fuck, I haven't even lost sleep. Um... So, not that I get much of that anyways. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I don't, I think um, when you first get out there, you want to just You've indulge. taken some brave steps, though, too. What do you mean? What, what You've taken think? brave steps that could make you think, like, holy shit, yeah. I'm not going to be sleeping right now. Because there is always something on your mind, especially in new roles yeah. or, or, you know, new, uh, new advancements with what you want humble family to be. I feel like when I go to sleep. You've I kept the image the same. Yeah. It yep. feels very consistent still. Well, I mean, my, uh, I, this isn't a bullshit thing, dude. This isn't like something. It's a livelihood. Well, it's I my dream, that. man. It's I my dream, that. dude. You know, it's my dream. It's, it's, it's <clears> like this thing that like me and my buddies used to shoot the shit about, and I was the one that said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's always been, cannabis has been more consistent in my life than my own parents. You know, like um, it's been the, the thing I lean on when I'm sad. It's the thing I use when I'm happy. It's a... Like you hurt my, I hurt myself, or you know, you get in that low spot. It's always been that consistent thing for me. You can count on, you know. So in the end, why not give up my life for something that's as valuable as that? And if I can give that to one other person in this life, then fuck, dude, my life is good. Like I, I did something more than take care of myself, you know. So um, I get the feeling that you've had a had a chance to impact somebody's life, and they've let you know it. Yeah, it should make me cry, but... Um, All right, yeah, don't yeah. go there. We're not no. looking for an Oprah moment. No, no, no I... Uh, but I'm, but I'm yeah. sure, and that, that had to have brought you to a really good spot with what a belief, a stronger, more undeniable belief in what you're doing. Yeah, I've seen people cured from this plant with this plant. I've seen people's lives change. My life has changed. Yours. Yeah. Yours first and foremost. Yeah. 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 That's what I think. The hardest part of this plan is watching, trying to help the sick people that die. You know, like for me, that's been the hardest. That's been the drawback from the medical side of it. And like early in caregiving, it was about making sure that patient had that product that they needed, that RSO, that little. Are you guys doing RSO right now? You um, know, I think that's something I'd like to hear. We are doing flour right now, but we do have um, plans. So tough talk. We were talking about that. And, sure. Um, I have uh, Soiling Greens. Um, we've talked about doing some things. Um, he, he lost his, uh, a very significant person in his life to um, drug addiction and just stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I've lost lots of friends because of it. And I decided that, you know, before Tough Talk started and we got going with it and it was popular that we'd be able to like, you know, hey, maybe we could do this as a thing and make some money for advertising and shit. And now the, the focus with Tough Talk and the reason I haven't blasted it out again is because I really want to, we're launching a, a nonprofit and uh, the goal is going to be to just any money generated from Tough Talk or anything that I do, uh, we're going to donate that back to people that need it inside of our community for uh, cannabis p- 
period if they need it for mm-hmm. medi- like medicine if you based, can make it know. cheaper if you can make it easier accessible we're going to use the money you to know. buy people's med cards we're going to mm-hmm. use the money to yeah. buy products from people to <laughs> pay for their subscriptions or prescriptions or whatever you want to call it so that the, the reason tough talk hasn't really launched again is because it's about having the right paperwork it's about having every all timing, the ducks in a row yeah, yeah. Um, i think what's important too is like trying to if there's a way to bridge the gap for like how we look at addiction from like a, a legal standpoint you see a lot of times like all of these people are restricted from getting any access to cannabis you know because it's considered another drug and but then but then they're given drugs like narcan and so it's like well then narcan's another drug too you know so like i don't get the the whole belief system around it because like i i feel like a lot of the drugs that are given are some of the ones that they are you know that they are they're offered almost have worse side effects than cannabis but then the doctors look at cannabis in such like a vile way and i get it from an insurance perspective where sometimes they do but you know how doctors used to be like there's a lot of them that even though they won't officially recommend it they'll recommend it but okay. it seems like a lot of these people that are in this addiction there that are the that are counselors and stuff like that are held to such like i have the uh that are have the finger such on their button that they can't even slightly make that recommendation or it's like a big no-no like you're out you're done you know, so I don't even think they want to tread down that path. A lot of these these places, these recovery centers, and it's a shame because I think if they did, there would be a higher chance of like of, of people recovering from it. You know, and what's the worst? They, well, we don't want them to get addicted to weed. Listen, well, if there's a trade off. Yeah, exactly. Like that's you know? always been my thing. Like people say, oh well, you know, I'll put up a post or something. You know, celebrate nine years of sobriety this year from opiates and you know this kind of shitty killing lifestyle. Yeah, and they're like. Dude, I know you. You smoke an ounce a day at least. You know, you're smoking all the time every day. Like, and that's still a drug. And it's like, well, you know, this drug has helped me if it's still a drug in my mind. I think it's just, you know, like, till it's, till it's not a schedule at whatever, you know. It's like, that you can't... Um, it's not, it doesn't take herb. away from drive to want to live. And I think... A lot of, I can get I the argument like from drugs, some point, but if you were going to say, that. if you're going to use that argument... You best not have a glass of wine ever. You better not be drinking no coffee because every single one of them are also a drug. And if you really are about it, I don't want to see no Advil or Tylenol in your cabinet either. Because, like, if you go to it, there's a lot of things that people rely on on a daily. Do you know how many people I know that just take, like, three to six Advil a day, every day? Do you know how taxing that is on your kidneys and your livers or one or the other? You know, I'm not, like, I'm not big into biology, but I know that's very taxing on the body. And that's so I I think caffeine, too. There's been studies. Nicotine, all these other things. So... All these people, I feel like, come from this purest perspective, and if they're really going to come from that, you got to be about it. You know, you shouldn't be doing nothing then at that point. Can we make enough of an impact? We we would have to attack this on a state level if we're going to get anywhere with that. What are you trying to get at? Well, if we were to turn that into more of a, a political focus for the medical... Oh, I don't think that's it, that's impossible. You think it's impossible? Oh, well, it's not impossible, but it's just like it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be an ever-going battle, and it's going to be more of a generational thing. You're going to always, for right now at least, you're going to have people that are stuck in that age bracket that no matter what you say, they have been, like, indoctrinated into, like, the the uh, the Richard Nixon, the, you know, the, the war on drugs, those type of things. And if you look at it, there's a lot of podcasts. I want to link it in the description because it's extremely important. They talk about the lengths that Richard Nixon went to and, like, the, uh, the amounts of, uh, of things he did to really, like, tell people that all drugs were bad. And he even said it, and just to like put a, he, there was one quote from one of his generals that said, we couldn't make being black or a hippie illegal, so we made what they like to do illegal. And it was like, it really makes you think, because, and this was a guy that used to, I remember part of the podcast too, 
It used to call his generals at 4 a.m. and wake them up out of bed, drunk as hell, and say, Bomb Hanoi! And they'd say, Go to bed, Richard, and then hang up the phone, and then, like, you know, like, Can you hit the crickets? <laughs> but I think it goes to the point. Uh, Sound man, like, hit the crickets. Evan, you I, woke him up. <laughs> I think it just. I think it goes to like the point though of like the the war on drugs. The war on drugs and the, like how it's been pretty you know pointless. And so. honestly, dude, but honestly, thing you have to think about though is like the war on drugs. Yeah, yeah, but it's honestly just morphine. You're butting That's into a, the pharmaceutical world. Y- if you're, you're going to get the things that you want, you're. You're buzzing on on that. Well, and, and, the, I don't and, know, and I don't know if that's a bad well, like, alcohol, but, pharmaceuticals, all these kind of things. They're going to be the ones who are attacked in this. But here's the thing that we're we're it's forgetting. Not be easy. Like I know, like alcohol, you can say maybe the same, but like right now we're consuming, uh, like in generally speaking, like cannabis that isn't being tested. That was from you before. Me, thank you. Told you. Me to hit it. Yeah, Sorry. from before talking about Nixon and shit. <laughs> like, what fucking year is this? So, what about testing? <laughs> no. So, I'm saying, like, when it comes to the testing aspects, like, where this is the only industry so that you're self-dosing. Like, and it, I don't know half the shit I'm smoking. Like, I still don't know what's going on when it comes to like testing and smoking. Like, versus alcohol, you know what percentage of alcohol is in every drink you drink? Right. At the very least. And that's a big concern for you because I, I feel like... Yeah, but uh, to be completely honest... Because, because, but yes, it is. Because as being medical, <laughs> I should be able to know how to dose my meds. Can you really, like... Because, you, because, like, I'm treating it... If, like, like, I think as... How did if, you figure out how to dose your alcohol intake? I don't drink. Though, but, but, okay, so starting out, most people black out the first time, or at least that's how, like... You know, they, they go overboard and they don't realize it, and then they start to figure Ooh, out Someone's an overachiever sure. in the crowd. <laughs> no, I mean, I just... No, I just don't drink. I just never like the taste. I think it was more so like everyone has like it's the same with like edibles. The first time you do it, sometimes a lot of times you find it out what's too far, and then you're like, all right, this is where. Right, I and go. that's my and that's my point is we're still self dosing and, and it's medicine. So we're here in Maine and we're not testing meds, and that's the problem why it's like I have an issue with it because if we're not testing, how are you expect me to dose myself? The tech, the tech that's being used for testing, and the tech that's being used in in facilities, whether it's extraction or in cultivation, it's not that they're running these operations like that any longer. There's an importance to the quality and the cleanliness of the meds. You know, I know, I'm attracted to those uh, who I'm for sure, I'm fine smoking and and getting involved, Um, but I can't prove it or disprove it. I I know how grows function too. It's always an ongoing battle. So cleanliness is cleanliness. You're going to, you look for, and it's way back in the day, the same thing. When somebody would call me up and say, hey, uh, I got a couple pounds, something like that. You're like, yes, I'll be right over. But when somebody has a couple pounds. Hand claps. (laughs) I'll be right over. Although those are are nearly impossible nowadays, so don't get your hopes up. 5K a pound. (laughs) Yeah. That's that black market tax. But, I mean, really, but if this other guy who you already knew, like, uh, what am I going to see? You know? Um, you never know what you were going to see when you saw those other two pounds from this guy. It could be really good. But it my, could be awful. See, okay. my, my, my point is, my point was, that this is, like, we're using it as medicine, and I don't, like, you're self-dosing. So here's, here's my thought on this whole thing, right? I'm going to agree with Shirley that, they're, they're, that testing is a amazing way to put a standard on a volume of THC, a volume of CBD, a volume of these percentages of things that are in these. But 
Let's talk about the consumption and how these things are being consumed. If it's a flower, I send a fresh flower to a, a lab and it's going to test for a certain percentage of <coughs> THC. It's going to terpenes, blah, blah, blah. As degradation happens and as that product goes through its life cycle, it's going to change. So yep. the assumption of that that product is the exact same thing <coughs> as what's being tested <coughs> is, is basically like saying, I'm just going to assume that those tests are right. One, I think testing is great. But on the same note, the system's off. There is a standard that's created by who and what. I'm not educated enough to know that. And I think it's different for each individual lab. There needs to be a solid standard for testing and it needs to be universal before Joe at Lab X can get a product tested and say, hey, bro, I got 30% THC. And then Bob goes and tests at Lab B and gets. Uh, 32%. I mean, there's always... So there's manipulative things. At Sinsamia, uh, I remember this guy coming on in and saying, and it was fairly new after we opened, and he wanted some mimosa, and he was said, yeah, I'll take it back to the lab, and I'll test it. I'll let you know how this comes back. And it was a bullshit move on his part because he didn't really do that. No, of course not. But I, but I wondered to myself, okay, well, what's he going to find? Like, what's happening here? I mean, this any guy, any guy who wants to give you a, a test Dude, no pack. one's going to go grab a sample from you for weed from a shop and then go spend 600 <clears> fucking <throat> dollars that it costs to get a full analyzation of that, bud, from pesticides to mold to feet. Like, to, Who's like, setting these standards, too, as well? A lab company that's selling a standard to another I think we have company. to be involved. I think <laughs> and we that, have and to that's be what goes, And it goes back to making rubrics and shit, just, like, looking at nugs. Like, we have to come together as, like, I don't know, a fucking board or something to understand and actually set a standard. If we're not going to like jump on testing or whatever, we need to have a mids police and like literally like take control because like at the same time, if this is medicine going forward, like it's, and we're all growing, there's going to be many, many opportunities for people to like cheat the, not even cheat the system, but like, I think it's going to come back more. I to don't think the system's right yet. There's not, even a si there's not even a system. Well, I mean, here, guys, look at modern medicine, okay? Just let's talk about regular pharmaceuticals just to build a base of understanding of how we're going to be able to understand the medicine that we're even consuming, right? Because a new test comes out, what do they do? They fucking test it on animals. They test it on this. They do that. They see the effects. Okay. Well, only 1% of these mice died. So we're going to take this to the next level and go test this shit on humans now. And then they do a trial on that and blah, 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 blah. I mean, if we wanted to do that with cannabis, we could, but the amount of cannabis that we'd have to grow in that amount of consistency that you would have to grow it in is something that's almost unachievable. Yeah. Well, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that you can look it up and there literally is cannabis and a couple like pharmaceutically approved drugs. So it has been done, but I'm like, if you look at the- It's probably not from a plant, bro. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's from, but it, there was, there is like a couple things that are, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a plant form in no way, shape or anything. Synthetic but. cannabis, marin, I can't remember, marinol, I, I'm not like that. But my, my point is, is that you can take an exact replica of a, a plant, right? Mm -hmm. And clones, and you can put a thousand clones in a room. And if you, one thing happens or it, it could be a variation in all those thousands of plants. If anything happens you know like in and i'm not uh considered i don't consider myself a 
a, a well enough grower to say I could even hit a, a 95 out of there, you know, like yeah. five, 5% change in variation of plant could be as simple as a worker over waters one thing, or that, that last plant gets the bottom of the barrel of the feed, or it's but on the anyone, last But if anyone, are you still doing hand, wa uh, hand water? Yeah, like uh, we have some facilities that are hand are, water yeah. and some, and some where you've moved up to automatic. But I mean, capitalization, I don't like I feel auto like... auto water. I'm not an auto water What guy. have you noticed different? If you don't mind my asking, what, um, what more control. Noticed? So you can, I feel like you can, uh, un, not water. You can diagnose issues faster in terms of if, if there is problems with plants. Yeah, running new genetics in terms of herms or blah 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 blah. Like these just everyday battles that we deal with inside of the gardens. Um, I feel like you can run more genetics because you can almost cater to certain plants. Like, hey, I know that plant's going to drink a little. If you're bit doing more. it individual. Yeah, like yeah. if you're watering, if, and, and if you're doing these giant monocrop rooms or you're doing these giant rooms, yeah, sure, run drip systems, do this, do it right, do the... Yep. There's a thousand ways to skin these cats, and gotcha. there's no way that's better whoa, than anybody. Whoa, whoa, don't skin cats. Not one. Okay, good. Um, Some plants are going to be more receptive to, a, to a, a, a similar type of feed. But as much as but we you are... You can work those together, but you can keep them separate. As much as we're against capitalization, though, and stuff like that, if you think about it, the only way that you really... It, it is like, or I guess, in my perspective, that sometimes the greatest innovation and research has been done through massive amounts of capitalization. Like, you know, like that's how you get... Like, the pharmaceutical industry, like, if you think about it, yes, we're not at a point right now where you can hit a 5% variance but who probably could hit a 99 percent a billion dollar company that can afford to not make money for six years that's a sad part about it but like that's if you really think about it how can you get to that point because there's always for a lot of these smaller businesses and people that even have millions of dollars of funding they can't go years and years and years of research without making money and that's how and in the hopes that one day it's going to cash out and they're going to have this remarkable you know they're going to be able to create a pattern for it i don't know i mean i don't think it's impossible but i think the 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 card, the deck is not stacked in the favor in any in any market, but necessity here uh, it's not stacked in the favor of a smaller business. If you yeah. think about for this for the sense of consistency and actually making something like he's talking about, where it's almost a hundred percent consistent, it would take a company that has the ability to fail and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail until they're willing to put out a product that's a hundred percent. I mean, consistent. there's dude, there's plenty of companies out there that are doing millions of square footage and every plant looks identical and they're mm -hmm. doing, I mean, they're doing amazing jobs. I'm not on that level. I couldn't imagine being on that level because I don't, I think that my particular thought process is more of the mom and pops. The, right. you know, like, hey, we're willing to take a risk and try this new super soil instead of doing this and hey, our product might be a little different and if, yeah. you know, we're, we need your support and, and input. If it isn't, then we need to know. I like the differences between batches. Like I like to be able to tell and, like, and talk to them about like what's what's, like happen, you know, what's going on. I like you know? a trademark for a grower. Yeah, I can so, yeah. I can sometimes see their bud and I know it's their bud by the look. And yeah. sometimes that's favorable, of course. And other times you're a little disappointed. You're you're looking for that's uh, one thing an I've aesthetic. Been that's the only thing them. I don't like that we've lost is the opportunity to see. Or maybe they've never seen it. They've never seen it beyond whatever size for for some of them. I, I think that beauty of being able to see the bud still is I get caught up in that moment. Uh, I like being able to see it. it now, are says you judgmental so when you see that bud? I mean, you you look at that and you're like, oh, well, it's a little wispy or the hairs aren't pulled in or it's not quite as frosty or like, you know. I feel like you question it. Like those are questions you ask yourself, like, what do I think of this? Like maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing and because I don't know if I have enough strain. knowledge to judge something like that. But I always ask those questions like, what is it? Is it frosty? You know, oh, maybe it's not. But I don't know if I can make the call of me knowing what I know, I can't make the call if it was grown right or not. 
unless there's obvious circumstances where you can like if it's if it's blatant fucking boof yes at that point you right. can call but like we are criti we're critical of it like with each other but i don't know if we would ever at this point yet go ahead and start like telling someone it because we just don't uh, there's so many everything's so fast so like we you don't said, know where it, it we moves don't know 10x. we're only seeing the but finished just before product. we move off this I, that's one thing that i've really liked about following you recently is it seems like you're testing out a lot of different lights and that and i think that's yeah. kind of cool in like broadcast i've been like wanting to follow up and see how it is because that's been a big topic that we've been talking yeah, about here is like people yeah. you know you're friends with aj he's been talking about cmh lights and stuff yep. like that a lot so i'm interested to see how all this turns out with a lot of research that's being done and broadcasted yeah we're, you know? we're doing a three four different led like three different company tests right now mm -hmm. uh we're doing a super soil test right now we're doing we have uh, the new CMH 1000s. We're testing those out. I mean, I it's love like a forum dream right now. If you think about it, these are things you like try yeah. to Google and find out like what is the difference between this light and this light, and you're actually doing it. So yeah, I mean, in my personal grow at home. I'm lucky enough to have a a, a nice setup, I guess, and mm -hmm. um, I smoke a lot of pot, so it's too expensive to take it from my company. So I still grow my own weed. <laughs> right. Um, Head stash grow. But it's also the ability to try new genetics. Like you were talking about the the earlier, like I can't. I can't sell weed that's like, I can't go out and gamble with a room full of brand new genetics and fuck, they all suck. Yeah, right. They're full of seeds or da 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 after turning out. Listen, I, I call this the, the, the industry of you got fucked, you know what I mean? Because like, like yeah. you, can, you can have a thousand great crops and that first crop that goes out that there's a bean in it because you put your nuts on the line with a new genetic or you want to give your buddies chance or da 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 da, yep. you're the worst grower or I can't believe you <laughs> yeah. did that or what the fuck, there's a seed in it or, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you're putting out chemicals, if you're putting out poisons, if you're putting out things like that, then I guess there should be room for fault. But you know, like putting your neck on the line and trying something new to bring people something new and exciting should never be a fault, you know? So um, I think that there's a lot of spoiled motherfucking smokers right now, bro. They don't remember having to sift through a pound of weed or a quarter of weed that you got three and a half grams of black seeds in it and <laughs> a gram and a half of stems and you just you smoked one joint out of a, a right. $20 quarter that was brick weed. We can't be so, I like what you said, though. We can't be so hypercritical that the, like we as consumers start killing innovation. Because if you if you make a grower feel like they can't risk to or try anything breeder. else or anything or like that, yeah, yeah, it makes it really kills the innovation because they feel like that they can't ever try something, they can't ever mess up. And how do you really succeed? You have to fail a couple times, you know. Fuck yeah, you so do. So that's the you know that's the thing. I get what you're saying. I mean, couple hundred, <laughs> sometimes even a thousand, couple hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fucking million, damn it! <laughs> you guys hey. want to take a quick break and see if we want to yeah. hop back into something? Yeah, let's here? do that. I want to slice the pizza. Take five ten. That's what I've been thinking about.
You guys were in the first half of the episode. It's my time. All right, the second half's yours. Yeah. Go ahead, let him have it. You guys decided to talk about fucking Nixon. Like, I got better things to talk about. Jesus H. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Don't forget, why talk about Nixon and politics? Let's talk anyway. about the size of Doc's fucking pants. Hey, people want to know these questions, bro. People want to know. Inseam or waist? Uh, waist, please. <laughs> okay, let me check. Let me check what they want. Uh, waist. They definitely say waist. I, I, I don't know. My wife buys all my pants. Yeah, he didn't yeah. even look down at anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I pretend that. Fucking jive, Dude's the worst car I've ever met in my entire life. I think I'm a 38. <laughs> You're a 38? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. All right. What'd you have for lunch today? Salad. Ooh, did you toss it? Yes. Nice. All right, okay. We honestly should get security here next time. That we could just this would be the time no, we get escorted. This, Shirley this, is how, this is how Shirley and Doc talk. This is a rare <laughs> moment. <laughs> Let all of us listen yeah. in for yeah, a you, second. You guys, yeah, you guys have no idea, dude. This guy found me twerking on a wall and then Oh no, we know. No. We heard that story. Well, no, we literally, yeah, we literally know. <laughs> the worst part is I brought him back to my house. Yeah, oh, he did. Shit. Yeah, dude, he really did. <laughs> like a month later, we're like, I was like, yeah, just fucking come over to my house. Yeah, we'll smoke and chill, and, and we, we just, did. We did. We smoked and chilled, and yeah. we talked about life. He did not twerk. I did not twerk. Didn't even. He wasn't even weird. He was I, like normal. Oh, we were just talking about life. Yeah. Life, what what, what birds, did we talk about? I don't even fucking remember. I don't either. We got really. High. I think you were talking about somebody's weed that you were trimming. Oh no! It was about the the banana, and you were so impressed with the oh, banana bread. Oh, the banana bread is fire! <laughs> you even love the banana bread. I did. Had you I, had it before that? Yeah. No. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I knew it before it was banana bread. You did. Yes. And I, I, you hear me? I, I met the I met the <laughs> grower. <laughs> I knew the the original breeder, essentially the pollen chucker. Oh no way! That was, was it. Matt's uh, genetics, right? That was Matt. No, no comment. Okay. No yeah, sure. comment. Sure. No, that's the right answer. Yeah. I don't want to get tangled up in that web. I, I I have no problems with any of those people or any of that stuff. I think that it's a great fucking. It stinks like banana bread. You know yeah. what I mean? It does a Lonely Bones does a great fucking job with. It. He's a phenomenal grower and yeah. I so just, well, my next. Yeah, I like that. I like what he does down there. We've we've been advocates. We've pushed for English it. muffins or bagels. Depends. Is it just like, am I eating like a real breakfast or am I just like, yo, you get this two is, choices. Yeah, you get an yeah. English muffin or a bagel. That's it. What Fucking kind of bagel? bagel, bro. Bagel. Yeah, I know. More substance. For real. Uh, more substance. I feel like there's just... Yeah, there's more substance. Wait, with sandwich. breakfast that you had this morning, you would can't you have, have everything had English, English muffins with that? All right, so listen. That's more of an English muffin breakfast. True confession. Okay. This I have a kryptonite oh. and it's a diner. Like diners. Oh, I saw you post about Yo. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breakfast is my shit, bro. <laughs> Honestly, you know what the best? Uh, Hurricanes and uh, Green used to have some of the best breakfast skillets. That was such a good little place. They closed down now because they're actually just, they ramped up another part of their business. Uh, greasy, Pittsburgh, greasy, right? In Pittsburgh, we're talking greasy, greasy right? No, no, it was, it was like perfect amount, like just like how uh, it should be, like a home-cooked meal. Yeah. Yeah. Breakfast is Sometimes not greasy. It, it doesn't need to be no. overly. It just needs to be like well-cooked. You know, there's you shouldn't some have to take an immediate shit after having breakfast. No. I got it a should feel healthy. Like what about <laughs> so it's really fast acting. Well, uh, that can also depend hey, on Alexa. Before. Remind me to take Carrie to breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on, Doc. I'm shit my pants. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you brought us here, Shirley. Uh, I, I yeah, you brought us here. You were the one that were leading this. So, Keep going. Okay, so uh, in Pittsburgh, there's this uh, this diner called Eaton Park. 
And uh, the first time I did a gravity bong, they did this thing. In, in the diner? Yeah, no, no, I didn't do a gravity bong in the diner. There, there's a diner called Eaton Park. That wasn't cool till 2020, Carrie. <laughs> okay. Bring yeah. it in. Now you yeah. don't have any street cred unless you're smoking weed in a public establishment mm. or, you know, probably breaking a serious fire code violation or, or yeah, something. Or, or like, Walmart? dude, it's Yeah, almost, would you do it in Walmart? Would I do yeah. it? Yeah. Why not? 20 years ago when <laughs> I didn't. Wouldn't be embarrassed for being the stupid stoner kid. So you did do it. Do I smoke weed everywhere, <laughs> everywhere else, dude? I don't need to smoke inside of Walmart. Hey, there's little kids and shit this. in there. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. The loud challenge. <laughs> anyway, I, I did a see gravity, that challenge. I did a gravity bong, and I coughed my head off for 30 minutes straight. You time it? Like, oh, no, it was. I remember it was a full episode of a show on I television. I think we got you at 20 minutes here today. So that's pretty. Hit that cricket button. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm wow. Done. Thank you. We'll just <laughs> shut his mic off. The suspense is literally fucking killing me right now. No, I'm muted. He muted me. I no, unmuted we you. Oh, okay. We brought you back. Okay. All right, go. Okay. You know what? This story sucks. I'm not going to talk. What the fuck? You just wasted that much of my life on a sucky story? Well, no, no. I'll tell you better what's down the road. So, uh, I'll tell We uh, In Pittsburgh, we have this great diner called Denny's. And uh, <laughs> 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 a slamming <fucking> breakfast. <laughs> and let me tell you about Denny's. Denny's uh, was spelled D I N. But I don't know about I don't know about y'all, but like Denny's, like we'd go there so fucked up. And one time, actually, this is the actual. That's gravity. the only reason why you're there. Well, this no. is that's actually, the only I, reason I, why you're there. It wasn't in Park. It was actually Denny's. So I did this gravity bong and. They had all you can eat pancakes for four ninety nine. So you were watching a show while you were at Yeah, so I did this gravity bomb. There's so many holes in this story. Well, because you guys keep interrupting me. Let me tell it straight through. Let me tell this shit straight through. All right. Okay. From Jump Street. Then talking to the mic. Okay. Okay, so um, I went okay, did a gravity bong for the first time, socket piece, you know, two liter the works. And then I was called, <coughs> probably Eagle 20 plus. And then uh, I was like, Eagle cop is the thing? Yeah, you know, I was just like sitting there all Shut high. Shut up and let him talk. Yeah, please, I'll get off track. Yeah. And then I was sitting there all high watching, uh, what was it? Some stupid show. Is and it I, over? And, and the commercial came on. <laughs> yeah, this commercial came on for Denny's. And Denny's was like, yo, we got we got all you can eat pancakes for $4.99. And I was like, yo, that shit sounds fire so i would not stop talking about these pancakes i was like i'm gonna eat so many pancakes i want pancakes so uh me and my buddy uh johnny delo we went to the don't hit that button god damn it cricket it's coming <laughs> it's the worst story ever all right i got a way of ending it so if you're calling denny's pancakes fire so who can trust mad. your opinion did you eat the fucking pancakes what, or what you just tell us just get to it like you were building up this big story what is the end of this uh, I, nope you guys don't deserve it we'll have to wait till next episode all right so fuck you and denny's 
Because <laughs> Denny's pancakes are boof. Honestly. That's like, yo, that's, that's like the wellness dude. connection of breakfast yo, places. Yeah, seriously. Let me yeah. tell you about this awesome place called IHOP. Like, what the fuck, bro? I go there for the you guys, burgers. You know what? You guys missed us. And, 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 and he went right from you there. He, he smoked some cure leaf after, and he was you all there. You, you guys missed the killer story. <laughs> he went and got a pre roll at cure leaf. He went to IHOP for breakfast. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. Well, yeah, you're going to keep one friend in the room. <laughs> you have to. He had to redeem himself. Everyone's like, why was he in the Superman costume at the, at the thing? Well, because he used to smoke cure leaf and go to Denny's for the That's past seven right, years. Because he thinks no, good breakfast is bro. at Denny's. No, no. Too Damn. many bong hits, bro. Damn. Damn, y'all missed such a good story. I'm so sad. No, we, no, you just made it so good. We, we laugh as a group here. <laughs> right. No, we are oh, laughing at Carrie as a group here. You know what? Come on, tell him. No. Shirley. What am I telling We're you? laughing at you, not with you. I don't give it's a okay. shit. But all I'm saying is... Not with you. Y'all missed a really good fucking story, and you're all... Yo, we're over it, bro. No, yeah, yeah we're so over it. It's not when you were like, let me tell you about a good spot named Denny's, I was done. No, that was part of the joke. <laughs> I was it done. You couldn't even get past Thank D. You. I was Thank like, you. I knew you know what? Right. You know what? Fuck everyone else. This How do you live cool. in Portland, Maine? You're going to say the best breakfast you've had is Denny's. <laughs> Like that's, what the, that's oh, obviously said, the joke, you dumbass. If you can, yeah, I live in I lived in downtown Portland, so yeah, fucking of course I had. <laughs> like well, if you're that dumb, I can't spell it out for you. Well, like, I mean, Jesus you are the dumbass. Christ, you're the dumbass that likes Denny's all you can eat and purely <laughs> noodles. Was, so I don't know hey, what the fuck This was there. a long hey, time I, ago. I didn't even have my med card then. It was all street <laughs> boof. I have from some guy. You know what? No, it was some guy who bought weed for me then. Beautiful. Omtush. Shirley, I got a question for Doc. Omtush, bro. That was his name. He was a G. Omtush was a G. So, Omtush, if you're watching this, um, Carrie will will pay for your stay. You'll you'll come on to the next episode. So, Omtush, if you see this... Hit us up no, via we DM. Help. We're getting boxing gloves for we the next help. match. We will get you <laughs> here. Optush will come Yo, here. Fuck you! I'm telling my story about shitty pancakes Yo, and bong hits. I, you guys missed it, bro. Fuck you! I'm not telling you. Nope, I'm not. I'll write a book about it instead. I feel oh, like your favorite baby, barber. Gold. His favorite barber is also Supercuts. <laughs> so let me tell you about this amazing breakfast that I had. Right? It was from Denny's. We pull in. Is it Denny's? Friendlies is right there. <laughs> that's the whole point. See, that's what's see. Great. Thank you. Have you ever had their ice cream? Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Hey, that brings this question. That leads right for this question. Yes. Doc, when you I like Dutchess, by the way, in Portland. You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. Sorry. Free plug. Honestly, I think we're playing the same game. Sure, I think we're playing the same game right now that we that Doc plays with his dogs. And when you Dude, play Dude, Shirley has way too much peanut butter in his backpack to be playing those claims right now. <laughs> Who am? What? What am I doing? Yeah, oh, no, go what, ahead, what, what, what nuts am I licking? This is when you play Fifty percent of the street dogs in you Portland will not make eye contact with Shirley. Time. Yeah. The dog tires out. No, that dog's going to sleep good tonight. That kind of thing. Oh, Shirley goes all day. He doesn't get yeah, tired. You can throw oh, he that doesn't? Ball. No. He throw keeps that chasing fucker. it? He does. He I loves do. it. Damn. Love it. It's it's like so a, I thought fun. we were going to tire him out. It's like a human amphetamine. <laughs> right enough. We say it's a 108, 28 gig hard drive. We got two of them, right? Yeah, got to get him going. Do we have a second yeah. in-house? I can definitely. Okay, okay. I only brought a half pound with me, boys. So, so. okay, honestly, if yeah, you were to. We're, we're making. Yes, we're making no headway. Time to, time I'm trying. To I'm putting in my work. 
I'm, I'm Thanks, I'm, thanks I'm, by I'm, the way. We appreciate you bringing yes, these and bearing gifts. Yes. <laughs> we'll get the bags back to you. <laughs> wow, we thought Highbrow left us a lot. <laughs> you holy moly. <laughs> I'm not leaving it. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. It's gotten okay. to that point, hasn't it? Fuck around with my weed or get hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, so listen, I just have one question. Did you eat the fucking pancakes, bro? Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's fair, too. Guys, you do not deserve... It's a yes or no fucking question. Bro, I'm we're not you friends if you don't tell me if you ate the pancakes or not. Yeah. Can I finish the story? I'm throwing you out Dude, of the sandbox. Thing, you have like a minute and a half. Can you not make it five minutes? Uh, okay, let me put a timer <laughs> on. So I have a <laughs> we're losing followers here. Uh, yeah, it's okay. You're killing it. Okay, shut up. I'll, did you, do you want to know the pancake story? It's simple. It hasn't been this far. <laughs> okay, you know what? Carrie, that's it. Seriously. I'm not telling it. Are you serious? <laughs> He's so easy that's, like that, That was huh? it? Yep. I'm sensitive. What Denny's was it? Was it, it was in Pennsylvania, right? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you guys said you were over it. Now you're on my dick about it. <laughs> no, we just wanted to know if you We can tell we hurt your feelings. No, no. We're really we just concerned. wanted to know if you were... Bro, you're sparking a joint right now. Like, you're mad at it, okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, dude, you lit that Love thing that like shit. nine times, bro. Well, I... I, I still don't even got a cherry on it. You gotta, you gotta smoke it. It's almost like he's trying to get the joint hard for some reason. He's mad. He's like, I'm taking my hits out on this joint. Hey. That's like a four puff, no inhale hit, bro. What happened right there? That's like your favorite breakfast. You're like Denny's Snoop Dogg hit, retired. I gotta take off my pants. You gotta <laughs> Wait, what? Thank God he's done to the counter. Why? Are you so <clears throat> warm? No, can you, you not do that? No balls on the seat. Security. Buddy. No balls on the seat. <laughs> Yo, no balls. Security. <laughs> Security. Security. It ain't that kind of place. Oh. Somebody call that. Did you just put your nuts on the mic, bro? What no, happened right no. There? There's no testicles out. <laughs> Everybody relax. You're asking, you're Do seen. not sit at Mike Four during the uh, main podcast. Here. Relax, we will be hitting that. We'll be sulfur burning that chair. Literally, my underwear is longer than my shorts. Okay, so shit, the he does have his pants off right yeah, now. What the fuck is wrong with you? No. So the tables have been turned here. Well, I think uh, we should uh, we should ask uh, we should ask uh, you, Shirley. What underwear size are you? No, he'll take them fuckers off. No, no fuck no. Please. Why, are you, why are you setting them up for uh, shit like that? Can I guess? I'll guess oh 42. Jesus Christ. Wow, oh I think God. he's getting fat. Sick. I think he's getting fat. <laughs> Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Thank you. I'll put him at a 36. Like that. That's fucking mad and sell 36. Oh, my God. 36. No way. Yeah, he's slim in the waist. 42. I bet you he can fit both of his legs in the right leg before 42. you got to remember, I carried a lot of weight on this body for a long time, so my legs are built we like can a tell. You know? It's his lips. It's my lips. <laughs> <laughs> my lips on my face. <laughs> but, oh god. Okay. So what? So okay. We're playing. What size underwear do I wear? Yeah. Mm, I wear usually size thirty-eight pants. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Is that a boner? That sounds like a boner pop. Okay. So um. <clears throat> Navigating away from Shirley and anything that has to do with his underwear. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the cannabis industry. As in, like, do you think that there is a need for, like, I, I, I would like to see the time when we can start seeing cannabis stuff on TV more, you know? When do you think that's going to happen? Like, a, like, not so much like a cannabis sitcom, but, like, literally, like, a uh, either, a, like, a live broadcast, like, a, a, a nightly news thing or, like, a weekly thing or something that's, like, even maybe, like, a because I feel like it is a really big part of... 
Maine. It could get Sunday you know, night, 10 o'clock brain, on PBS. Yeah, like my brain is like, Public TV. Yeah. It'll be wicked soon, but then my mind, like knowing what I know about the cannabis industry and regulatory shit. Yeah. Like they're not going to let us advertise to anything on anything no. for anything that a, a child or a person under 21 could potentially even well, see at, or hear. Look at in Lewiston. They let, like they made a big deal at the call because there's a couple people that had ads, but then like you look around, there's Budweiser, Bud Light, all this stuff. It's like, sure. come on. You know, socially like, accepted over time, man. We're just learn. We're just learning to uh, socially adapt to cannabis consumption, let alone the advertisement sides of it. That's what's been obvious about this year, isn't it? You couldn't. You couldn't walk it. down the road two years ago and smoke a joint without twelve people being like, "Yo, that shit smells awesome!" Like now it's like, <laughs> you're smoking a joint. You know, it's like everyone's become so desensitized to it so fast. And I think that you will definitely see cannabis advertising, but it's not going to be with people. It's not going to be with animals it's not gonna be influential of any mm -hmm. time but my head says that who the fuck watches cable anyways mm -hmm. like you know like i wouldn't want to advertise if as a cannabis industry i'm definitely not going to advertise on tv i'm not going to so advertise I, on the radio i'm not going to ever i'm going to advertise can we see a cannabis are. reality show like i could like ever going to like a netflix or something i think that would be so cool matt like one that follows growers i know that it would have to follow them in certain aspects because there is certain things that still don't want to be seen on camera but for the most part, it, how cool would that be if there's like an actual cannabis reality TV show based on like the cannabis industry in a certain state? I would take any camera crew, any news station, any senator, any police chief, any anybody who wanted to see our grows that is qualified and needs to. We would love to show them because we spend a tremendous amount of money and resources and time to be fully compliant, to know that this is an industry that we want to stay in and we want to not just stay in it, but we want to kind of be a staple in it. So it, scary things like not showing stuff is, Hey man, I left that industry a long time ago. Now yeah. it's time to show the world, Hey, this is what compliant looks like. This is what futuristic shit looks like. This is what it should be accepted as. Mm -hmm. So were you talking more Evan, uh, in a marketing way? Yeah, you say like, how, like you know, like what, could, like uh, how would you? Like, no, like I think it was it? just. I don't think it's. I mean, not so much like a marketing way. Just like, where do you see the industry going? Like, could you ever see it traveling an avenue like that? Like, yeah, I think. I think what th guys like Shirley is where I invest like my resources and time because. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Because the social media influencers, like when I started Instagram, it wasn't about me trying to build a following. It was me about following people that I was influenced by. And I think that as Americans and as people, not even American, I guess definitely the wrong word, it's just a human fucking race. We're all influenced by something we see or something that someone does. Like, oh man, you know, Shirley can do that. I can do that. You know, yeah. Doc can do that. Like I couldn't read until I was a, almost a junior in high school. Like I don't read or write that well, but I have other talents. And if you put the right team together, like you use everyone's strengths. So yeah, yeah. Why so in the marketing terms, I see strengths being the influencers, the people that have small pockets of people that are paying attention. Like guys like Shirley, that's on doing these bong songs and dancing in his underwear. It's, this is the generation of expression of self and it's the and it's 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 about pushing another limit you know what i mean and like that's what every generation behind us has done to get to where we are and i think it's just the evolution and if i'm going to invest money or resources or time into marketing it's going to be with the people that are using our products mm -hmm. so i think this is a great time to get marketing you can make a, a pretty um 
package. You can put together a pretty package, but you can't always tell the kind of story you want. Instagram allows for a story to be told. It allows people to see what you want them to see. Mm -hmm. If you want them to see everything, some people are very... But you get to narrate it. The way you narrate uh, what Humble Family Farms is presented like yep. is much different than what I've seen with... Humble Family Farms, what you see on the internet is Humble Family Farms, but it's censored because of people's lopsided opinions and their judgmental attitudes. Like, you can't show everything to everyone because not everything appeals to every single one. You know what I mean? Like you said to me in the beginning, like... I did a lot of nug shots before, right? Like, yeah. Because that's that's the market that's what that the I was market you were looking for. Yeah. Needed to see. But then, as being a social like this uh, person that people, oh, it's inspiring. Well, I want people to know it's okay to be a pot dad. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I have three daughters that I fucking get up and grind for every single day. And if it wasn't for them, I would give a hoot and holler and hell about being compliant and walking mm -hmm. anybody through my garage. Hanging on the side of a mountain like the farmers, the real girl of farmers. Like, cause that's the rush and the experience of that is way far more than the comfortability of knowing, hey, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to be compliant. So it's like, you know, it's just six and one half dozen in the other. And as we all grow, we change our mindsets. But yeah, I think being influential. You don't, you don't miss what dad, it was. Um, but, it, but it's been a, but it's been, had to be an adaptation. Well, it's a loaded question, right? Because you say you like how it was. When I started, um, maybe it's fun to know memory, a grower that would share knowledge with you, yeah, and to share experience and failure with you was like fucking rare, dude. And you had to be like respected, and you had to be like um, you, you had to put in your time. Now you can just log into YouTube, and everybody wants to be the guy that told them how to do something, and it's a whole different game now. It's it's changed so much from a place of like. A hidden society that is built upon a plant and like a respect for individuals like oh man that's so-and-so is so-and-so i don't want to share that with anybody like that's a secret he told me like you know i earned that mm -hmm. versus now like bah, you know like i want to be the best look at me you know like i figured this thing out and no man it's a fucking plant bro like we're just learning the curves of these things so yeah i think uh the, the curve being the potential yeah. from what you really can for sure. Like, you yeah. know, I started growing in a, a closet, man, just for my own self. And, you know, now you got uh, multiple light rooms and multiple rooms of multiple lights. And then, you know, you have a higher demand for the product than you can produce. And it's like, wow, it's like you blink twice and it's there. You know, yeah. if you work hard enough and you stay focused long enough and if you can put away the bullshit long enough, I guess, and not worry about everyone else's opinion or trying to tell you what to do, you end up with what you dreamed of. And that's where that's we exactly started. Right. There's a lot of opinions out there, though, too. Yeah. <clears throat> you can be allies uh, one month and you can feel like you're at ends with somebody the next. Well, that goes back to your question earlier of, you know, you were in the community a lot in the beginning and then you're less and less and less. It's because you want to be in the community. You want to meet lots of people and then lots of people that are in the community take advantage of stuff like that. And then you get like the sour taste and you're like, fuck this. I'm just going to stay to my own and go back to how it was comfortable before. And it's like, sometimes you just have to push through that and know that there is just those shitty people out there. And they're usually the first ones you meet because they're the first ones that take advantage of somebody. The hard, the people that are stung a bunch of times stick in the back and you get to see that over time. And you know, 
Yeah. That's uh, how real bonds are made, you know? I'd like to do an intro quick because I realized we never got to that. So we probably should do that. That way we can throw it at the beginning. <laughs> I'll put a flag. So we got an hour and, oh, oh, like this is a doon, doon, doon. Okay, go well, ahead. Well, we don't have to actually do that, too. Oh, I mean, dude, it's, like, it's coming in pretty hot. No, never mind. Hey, we'll do an intro before. It's like, hey, this is Doc. I'll say it like that. I'll do it as sexy as I can if you're okay with He's it. He's like, yeah, baby. Oh, wait, why Welcome don't you... Shirley, what you got? Yeah, wait, why don't you... Sexy, Hold on, let him, let him do oh. that. <laughs> do it. Do it. No, I'm not doing <laughs> that. That was a good you one. You already got it recorded anyway. Yeah, so. we do. He, he got my mic. He knows how to do that, so we can hear it nice and clear. He's like, this, this is Big D. Welcome to the show. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on, guys. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. well, thanks. it. It's thanks, Dot. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. been fun. It's, um, I see what you guys are doing, and... I like it. Listen, it was um, when we got into this, it was never about trying to change it. Hearing what you were talking about, I think, and we've noticed it too, uh, a, a larger group of uh, podcasts popping up uh, continually. Wasn't ever to, and I, and I think we'd be at a loss if if Tough Talk didn't exist. Sure. I think, I think, it, but you know how that is. It, it, you can turn it into, you got to minimize how much you can give to it, but you got to maximize what it's, opportunity is too yeah. all in the same Maybe now that we have like everything up set up here now it turns into the the time here which is which is great it's fucking awesome i get to go home and listen to it after and i'm fucking loving no I'm, the recordings are so much fun to listen to but we're still at that point where it's me doing that where we don't have somebody else xavier cuts it up from there and takes it yeah. takes it home <clears throat> and evan's been the one who's been the catalyst in getting everything in motion I mean, it takes a lot of wheels, man. I call it cogs, dude. We're all just little cogs <laughs> on a big board, and we spin yeah. this giant yeah. invisible thing. And in some ways, uh, getting Shirley was an opportunity, uh, bringing him on and having him be a part. Is because it's like a real Shirley... bad cold, right? You're, you know, once you have it, you get through it. <laughs> kick, kick it. Fuck it. I beat it. You know, I'm here. <laughs> I feel like I've had COVID since I met oh, him. God. I wouldn't go there, wow. Shirley. Jesus, the disease that killed hundreds of thousands of people. Great. Uh, I didn't mean it that way. I know. We'll, edit, we'll edit that soft ass part. Maybe like, it's live. We're <laughs> in trouble. Maybe like herpes, but that, you know, not COVID. Herpes. Okay. Everybody can get behind that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. What was my thing? Um, Pancakes. Oh, what, uh, what size shirt do you wear? <laughs> 2XL. <laughs> Unless I'm feeling slim, then I put on the XL. Okay, so this pancake. I'll, I'll wrap up the pancakes. So I'm going to go take a leave. All right, thank you so much, guys, for coming. <laughs> 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 that was beautiful. I love that. That was great.